a whole new season has come up. It's being picked someplace else. And they will say, yeah, it was cantaloupes or it was lettuce or it was whatever the commodity is in this region, but we're not going to tell you who it's from. And you're like, well, how is the industry going to learn and change if we literally don't even know? There's no ramifications. Just people got sick. Everybody's got to eat. And nobody likes getting sick. That's why heroes toil in the shadows, keeping your food safe at all points, from the supply chain to the point of sale. Join industry veterans Francine L. Shaw and Matt Ragucci for a deep dive into food safety. It all boils down to one golden rule. Don't eat poop. Don't eat poop. Hello, hello, Francine. How are you? I'm doing well, and yourself? I am fantastic. Okay, I just realized something. Do you purposefully wear clothes when you know we're going to batch episodes so that it looks like you're wearing a different outfit? What do you mean a different outfit? You were wearing plaid just a few minutes ago. Did you not see me take that off? No, during I did not the episode? see you take it off. No, did you take it off during the episode? I took it off about five minutes into that episode because it got warm. Ah. It's what's called a shacket. This is so funny because it might be a shacket. Grand- my grandchildren's birthday party a couple of weeks ago, my husband's, my ex husband's, my ex husband's girlfriend and I were having a conversation about these shackets and the fact that they're called shackets because they're a combination of a shirt and a jacket. They're very oh. cool. Very cool. They're heavier than a shirt, lighter than a jacket. But yeah, I took, wow. it, I took it off about five minutes into the last. Well, well, you're observant. So my wife always puts her haircut or whatever type of beauty thing in our family calendar. I'll hear the garage door open. And as she's walking in the door, I yell out, nice haircut. Because I got in trouble for so often not noticing that she had a haircut. So now I just tell her before I even see the haircut. See, I do not do anything like we don't have a cow. Of course, I don't have 20 kids. I don't need to keep track of it. In fact, let me tell you how bad it is. I don't even know when I have a haircut because yesterday I had a hair appointment and my hairdresser called me 10 minutes after I was supposed to be there and said, Francine, you have an appointment today. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, give me a minute. I'll be there because it's like right down the street. God bless this woman. I love her. (laughs) But my husband is very good about things like that. Like he 99% of the time notices. Nice. And I don't even really expect it but he is very good about stuff. He always notices. Yeah, I don't. I don't. My wife will be looking at me and she'll be like, do you see anything different? And I'll be like, um, you took a shower? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You're wearing something new? Like, this is, this is a guessing game where I'm going to lose. From the very start, I know I've lost. He also has many of those characteristics as far as the personality goes because he's got his sense of humor is very dry. Because <laughs> I've got to say, sometimes it's funny, these people don't know you. Before we go in here, please behave. <laughs> My wife says that she has to like handpick our friends. She has to actually go spend some time with them before she invites me over. So, yeah. You and he would get along very well. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Very, very well. No doubt. So two weeks ago, two episodes ago, we talked about... Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, just one second. One more thing I have to tell you. I'm so excited. 
I started a, a newsletter that is based on our podcast and it gives like the outline of our podcast that people can subscribe to on LinkedIn. And I did this two weeks ago based upon somebody's recommendation, which is really cool. And we, as of the beginning of when we started talking, I don't know, a few minutes ago, are at 998 subscribers. On LinkedIn? Like two, yeah, it's crazy. I am just super excited about that. 998 subscribers on LinkedIn. It's crazy. Yeah. It goes back to what we keep saying over and over again. Holy cow. We're not even a year in. We're, I think this is episode 41. And just the response has been amazing. Nine Thank months. Thank you guys. We're nine months. And nine months in. That newsletter I started like just two, it's been two weeks, I believe. And We'll be at a thousand before the day's over subscribers, which just absolutely blows my mind. So thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for those people that watch our clips on TikTok, which these clips blow up on TikTok. It just boggles my mind every time I watch the TikTok clips. And the info that we get from our listeners and subscribers is awesome. Like trying to get us back into this episode, Francine. Okay. I know. So anyway, we, we we attract such a variety and such a wide base of of individuals. So yeah, back to what we're trying to do. What are, like there are Which people. Our goal. That, there, yes, there are people that you and I have followed in the food safety worlds forever that tell us they listen to our show, and I'm like, wow, and you like it. I know. <laughs> like, so I think their personality would like really actually like our show. And I had someone say, yeah, it's my sick joy is listening <laughs> to your show. Like, <laughs> just like, God, I'm somebody's guilty pleasure. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I know. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I have no shame. <laughs> I'm not sure that this is how I thought I was going to get there. But <laughs> yeah. We really need to get back on track. <laughs> okay. So that being said... We're going to go back two weeks and we're going to talk about the dog food recall. Yeah, because right after that dog food recall, right after our episode, a bunch of new things happen, right? Like you have your own personal story about this because you went back and found out that you actually had that food. And then more has come out about it. It was like after we recorded that podcast, that and then another breaking story on another topic that we discussed that same week came out, which blew that up too, which was fascinating. And we got a bunch of people sending us information about it too. Oh my gosh, you have to talk about this. This came up in the news that matched what your podcast had. But with the pet food thing, Francine, this is super scary. What happened to you? So yeah, so our dogs had, they come to work with me, but we're inside and I bring them to work. I just started bringing them back again because my big dog was the older dog who was not acting right and did, weren't sure why. We, she's apparently been upset because she was staying home instead of coming to work, but she'd had diarrhea. And my husband had said, he said, I'm not sure what's going on. He said, they both had diarrhea. He said, they're not acting right. And I can't figure out what's going on. And we did that podcast. and. We pulled up the pictures and I went home and I'm like, what kind of dog food are we feeding them? Because I'd been ordering it from Chewy and then he had been picking some up from Tractor Supply. And I'm like, I saw those pictures and it was like, oh my God, that's what we're feeding our dogs. 
So when I went home and realized that's what we were feeding them, it's my God, this is why the dogs are sick. Because we've been feeding them this for like a couple months. The poor things were poisoning them, literally. And this is why they're sick. So we got rid of the food. And of course, you have to deal with the fact that they're sick and try to make them better. In addition to getting different dog food, you have to clean out their containers, you have to wash their scoops and anything that's potentially contaminated in the meantime. And since then, and I didn't even realize, had we not done that article? And we literally just, Melissa pulled that article off that morning. I didn't even know there was a recall. I truly did not know that there was a recall. No, this is how this went. Oh my gosh, our week is super crazy. I think we have this two-hour block to get an episode in. And then I even texted you that morning, have Melissa print all this stuff for us. What's Melissa have for us today? Like, it's her what responsibility. What does Melissa have for us today? Yeah. <laughs> that was it. And then we just started talking about it. I feel like that SpongeBob episode. I'm back here running around trying to get content for something that's happening in a few minutes. And we did it because people were getting sick, yeah. which is what's important. There's seven outbreaks. Six of them are children under the age of one. That are sick because of Because this. of this outbreak. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, one outbreak for this, but seven people sick because of it. Yes. Right. So, yeah. So, anyway, then, I, like I said, I saw the images and realized that's why my dogs were sick. So, yeah, they are now. We've been, we got them. <laughs> my husband said last night, dogs are really expensive. Wait, till, yeah. That's right. <laughs> you should see children. Jesus. I'm like, yeah, honey. It's, and, He's my second husband. So he was, my children were adults when we got married, but (laughs) I should have been here for the children. (laughs) Right. But yeah, so these dogs are now eating canned pumpkin to help their bellies, taking probiotics because they're still, this is a week later that we're recording this. They still have diarrhea. Wow. So in the meantime, I get an email from Chewy saying, look, we're really sorry. These are the things you need to do. Get rid of the dog food. Don't use it because there's been this recall, which is very nice, by the way. I'm a little irritated that we have those tags. I don't even know what they're called that you get at like grocery stores and things. So we're on the list from where we've been purchasing this dog food for the last few months. Didn't get anything from them, even though they have something on their website. And it's like this dog food's very expensive. I think anyway, there's nothing about, and I understand not, not admitting liability. I get that. Nobody's ever going to do that. So like how, nothing uh, about reimbursing you for the dog food. That's what I was going to throw away. <laughs> how, what is the recall process? Are you supposed to return it? Are you supposed to get rid of Doesn't it? Anything. That, it just says throw it away. Oh, so they did tell away. you the remediation yeah. is throw it away. It just says to throw away, throw it away. And so they know make you sure purchased that you it because they sent you the email. Well, but there's no, did. Chewy did. The other place hasn't even reached out to anybody. So my point is this. Okay, I understand most people are going to say, look, they're just animals. I get that. Okay, even though to people that have animals, many times it's much more than it's just an animal. I get that. We're suffering for a little bit of diarrhea. They're going to be fine. What about the kids? Yeah, and so that's the second part of this, right? What about the kids that got sick? So so when we first filmed this, when we first recorded this, we didn't know what the demographic of the seven people that got sick with salmonella were. Now we do. And that came after, like literally we recorded the episode, we were ready to post it, and then boom, we found out what the demographics were. Six out of the seven people that got sick out of this, got salmonella from this, six of the seven people that we know of 
that got sick from this outbreak were infants. Which is so sad. Well, and my guess is, we don't know, I'm guessing, the adult probably had a weakened immune system or the person that wasn't one year old probably had some sort of weakened immune system, meaning that, or they were elderly, which means they still had a weakened immune system. But it's just, our recall system needs to be better. Yeah. And that's my whole entire job right now. Well, I tagged Roger Hancock. Roger Hancock from Recall InfoLink. Yeah. In that one post that I made, and it's just, we need to work on this. We need to do better because well, yes, I, again, there are people out there listening to this thinking, for God's sake, she's worked up. This was only <laughs> dog food. Our recall system for human food is no better. Oh, no. It is no better. And that is my point. Yeah, actually, it's pr- this was pretty fast compared to what a lot of human no. food is. There's an outbreak that was just posted this morning. There's listeria and E. coli. Food Safety News, I believe. It's in Food Safety News this morning. They're not saying what food it is, nor are they yep. telling you where the location of these outbreaks. Why yeah. tell us anything? Why I tell know. us anything? If you're not going to give us any details, don't tell us anything. And on that outbreak, I'm trying to remember, my gosh, there's been so much bombarded with outbreaks right now. On that particular one, do they provide the commodity? Nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. 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 There was one just, Yeah. It's so, like, oh, by yeah. the way, there's an outbreak of listeria. There's an outbreak of Eli, E. coli. E. coli. I have a, son, a grandson named Eli. <laughs> That's where that came from. An outbreak of E. coli. An outbreak of listeria. But we can't tell you where it is. We can't tell you what it's coming from. We can't give you any details. We're just going to tell you that people are getting sick. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's you almost wonder why they do that. Is there like something is like a CYA type of a thing? I don't know. That's what we were discussing this morning. It almost has to be like in case anybody, there's a whistleblower or whatever we want to call them that says, oh, this was happening. It's well, we told you that there was an outbreak. We just didn't give you any details. And there's been lots of times where the FDA actually knows where the outbreak is like later past. So the commodity is now out of the system. Right. And a whole new season has come up. It's being picked someplace else. And they will say, yeah, it was cantaloupes or it was lettuce or it was whatever the commodity is in this region, but we're not going to tell you who it's from. And you're like, well, how is the industry going to learn and change if we literally don't even know? There's no ramifications. Just people got sick. Well, when we talked about this, I think when we talked to Bill Marler, this was one of our topics with Bill Marler. Yeah. And how in the world are we supposed to trust have any trust in any of this when they do this. Right. Then the government gets mad at Bill Marler for helping victims. It it really, truly comes down to the victims need some sort of compensation for what they have gone through. If you guys knew that this was happening, where it was originating, you knew what the commodity was, but you didn't want to tell anybody. So people continued to consume the product. Right. Because you didn't give us any information. And so here we are. So, okay, going back to the dog food thing. So I I think this is valuable. I think this is valuable information for what steps you took so people can then follow suit. Because you bought the dog food from two different places, from Chewy and from your local tractor supply store. Chewy sent you an email letting you know 
told you what to do, which is the right part of the recall, right? They told you what right. the issue was. They told you what to do with it, throw it away. But there was no compensation at all for you from either of those places. However, Chewy didn't, I didn't get that email until yesterday, which is a week after we did the podcast and I discovered. So what about the people again that- Yeah, yeah, that's, that would have been a week, 100% correct. So they either did not receive the information of the recall or they received the, which I think is more likely, they received the information of the recall, but because this is a big company, that channel process took a week for them to then get the information back out to the consumers of the recall, which means their processes need to get better. Right. That means that you could have gotten more dogs were getting sick. And that means that more potential kids were getting sick, infants and adults. And so that was, that's not okay. The recall, we were talking about it last week. They knew about it probably last week because they're probably, they're selling that food. And so that's not good. But the tractor supply store, nothing. You've got nothing. 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 You have a card. So yeah, you have a Yeah, consumer. that's what I said a while ago. We have, yeah. yes, we buy stuff there all the time. And we have, it's, I walk in and they know who I am. So yeah, and this is the thing because we do what we do. And of course we did the podcast. We pulled that off of there. We recognized, I recognized the brand. I went home and showed that information to my husband. And it's okay, so this is what we need to do. Otherwise, that would we we'd still be using that, right? Until 100%. we got that, until we got that email, which is another week. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so yes, and as a traceability consultant for Mister Two Hundred Four, <laughs> and I'm not, that's not a recall consultant. That's traceability to to comply with the FDA so that they can figure out where the issues are faster. But for, once they find out what the issue is, then it's the actual suppliers. And the retailers and food service companies and retailers would be Chewy in this instance or Tractor Supply need to then have appropriate recall processes to get that stuff off the shelf. So that's two separate things. One is traceability, figuring out where that problem is. And the other is traceability, figuring out how to get that off the shelf as fast as possible. So it looks like on this, at least actional-wise, the FDA was able to get on top of this pretty quickly. But the consumers don't know. Like the vast majority of the consumers don't know. So that's it. That's an issue. Well, right. Well, and you bring up another good point, which eludes a little bit. And I don't want to talk about the email I received because I need to address the individual. I need to respond to it. And she also asked, I don't want to mention any names or anything, but we don't talk about en- enough about what we do. For all anybody knows, we're just two crazy people to get on the podcast. <laughs> Throw our thoughts out there. We're both industry consultants. We're both industry consultants. So we know what should happen in the supply chain. We know how this should, as far as traceability and food safety, and just from start to finish, we know what should have happened, what should happen, and how this should work. It right. didn't. No, it didn't. And that goes, so we were talking about Roger Hancock, and we have an interview with him at Food Safety Consortium that we'll be posting later on. We have 20 in the hopper still interviews in the hopper. But with Roger Hancock, he's a good friend of ours. And he talks about all the time from Recall InfoLink, he talks about all the time about having a recall-ready supply chain and recall-ready industry. And processes are great. You need to have those processes in place. But if you're not practicing those processes, then you end up 
not pulling product off the shelf. So if it gets lost in translation, and the FDA had this issue, Frank Giannis in that interview that we talked about with the uh, with Congress talked about how with the outbreak of infant formula, it was in somebody's email and the FDA for four or five months before Frank got it to be able to do anything with it. How many kids could have been saved because that lost in translation or the, the lost in the inbox hadn't happened? It's crazy. But that's, it's an industry pandemic that, yes, recalls are so few and far in between that they're not being practiced. And when they do need to happen instantly in emergency right now, they're not happening quickly. Now, retailers like major retailers, they're doing 200 recalls a year. So they have the processes pretty down. But the smaller retailers and some of these online ones that maybe aren't having them as frequently, they're not practicing it. And then people get sick and people die. And it's because they're just not practicing them. I tell people the time to have a crisis management plan isn't in the middle of a crisis. Right. To create it. I'm sorry. The time to create it isn't in the middle of a crisis. It's before the crisis happens. Right. (laughs) But also, if you have a crisis management plan, your dry run shouldn't be in the middle of a crisis. There's a lot of crisis management plans that were written on a Word doc and put into a binder and stuck on a shelf. And in the middle of a crisis... People don't even know where to find the damn binder, let alone what's in it. And so then you're in the middle of a crisis trying to flip through the pages. No, that stuff needs to be practiced. It needs to be practiced regularly, not even once a year. It needs to be practiced regularly and updated because a lot of times titles change, positions change, people change. You're looking through that crisis management plan wondering who the hell the people are. Right. The names that are even in the crisis management plan. It's like... My God, this person hasn't worked here in 10 years. And what's so so funny is us as consultants, people look at us as like chicken little. Oh my gosh, you're always telling us the sky is falling. You're always telling us the sky is falling. And when the sky is actually falling and they're like, oh my gosh, come here, we need help. And you're like, well, too late, bud. Like literally, you should have been doing this a while ago. So back on track. So that was the whole recall, dog food recall situation. And my dogs are getting better. They're a week later in the in the probiotics. But yeah, nothing from nothing other than the letter from Chewy. That okay, was- so you so the recall happened, and I, I think this is valuable information too, because some people would just throw their food away, dump the bin out, put new food back in. What did you do to make sure that there was no cross-contamination? You mean it, it well clearly this is, is a person, is a human being. We deal with this stuff every day. And sometimes you forget that not everybody realizes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say clearly, you know. so, but it's not clearly, Francine. It isn't clearly. Clear. No. <laughs> First of all, we wash their, like the bowls and stuff regularly, probably a lot more often than what a lot of, like I, we wash their water bowl every day. You know what I mean? There, a lot of people don't wash their dog bowls every day. But if you dump their food into a container. That whole container needs to be washed. The scoop needs to be washed. This is going to sound so ridiculous, but I wash my dog's toys in the washing machine. (laughs) I put like all their toys in the washing machine. Uh, Where you cook your salmon in the dishwasher? No, no. (laughs) I put them in the washing machine. They make a lot of noise in the washing machine. Big dogs have big toys. (laughs) So yeah, all that stuff should be washed. And, and yeah, cleaned out and really like, yeah. you, did you bleach it or did you? I have a sanitizing cycle in my, on my washing machine. Oh yeah. Okay. Perfect. But like the actual container, did you, do you have a container or you just 
pull for the bag. No, we have a container in that container. And it even says in the Chewy, like the Chewy instructions said to make sure that you wash like the containers. And of course, again, not everybody's going to get that, but it says so to wash and to, it, it actually just says wash. It doesn't say sanitize, but we both know that you should probably do that. The scoop and the containers and everything, if you put it in yeah. there. My bag was long gone. Okay, so I think we've beaten this thing to a pulp here. It's time to move on to an even more disgusting Oh my topic. God. Two episodes ago, we talked about hotel, like nasty stuff that happens in hotels. And that I had just seen an article. It was an old article. It was like six months old. And then I'm going to start bringing my own soap containers with me with my own soap because people are sticking their body fluid in the communal soap dispensers in hotel rooms, which is absolutely 100% disgusting. It's not disgusting. It's just absolutely disgusting. Okay. But then I thought that was who, how can that be topped? That same day that we recorded that one of our amazing listeners, Corey, what's your last name? Muse. Corey Muse. Corey Muse. She posted an article about this. Man, there are so many words going out of my in my head right now that I am actually filtering from my mouth. I'm just how... saying, don't, just don't. At the same time she posted that, Melissa had emailed that to me before we we're even finished with the podcast. This guy is beyond evil. He's evil. This is evil. What this guy did was absolute and total evil. And I keep calling him guy because every other word has to be filtered from my brain to my mouth because we have to be somewhat safe for work. Well, this guy, okay, first of all, this guy has got to have some kind of mental condition because a, a normal person, a normal human being, even a bad human being would not stoop to this. They okay, do this. So let's give context. This quote unquote guy works worked at a school as a janitor. And I'm guessing he wasn't a fan of his job, nor the students that go to this school. Because he decided to put his body fluid in, and when I say body fluid, I'm not talking about pee or poop, another type of body fluid, into the kids' school lunches, breakfasts, in all over campus. Cushions, couches. Basically, he was marking his territory, quote-unquote. Yeah, food. He was doing it in the food, and he was doing it on the couches. He was doing it everywhere he can get his hand on it. Yes. Saliva, urine, and feces. Saliva, urine, and feces, and other junk, too. He was, yeah. Anyways, so he obviously got fired. But yeah, the school is, the parents obviously are freaking out about this because their kids have been consuming all of this guy's body fluid for, like, months. And he just had access to everything because he was a gender. So there's a lot of different issues with this, right? Like golly first off again what type of evil do you have to be but my number one thing and i think all the parents have asked this question how did this guy get hired for the school what's the hiring process you breathe you can walk you can move a vacuum cleaner 
congratulations, you have a job. I would in no no way ever defend this type of behavior ever. But I do wonder what would make somebody do this. I wonder, like, first of all, people that perform these jobs, we both know that they're not well paid. You get what you pay for. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. That's to a degree, all, I, mean, I see that to a degree. Now, I have I know people that do these jobs are very good people, and I please don't attack me, people. But I know people that do these jobs and do a very good job. Right, my dad was Melissa's my dad was janitor. My, my my uncle so was a carpet cleaner. I mean. That's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. I have cleaned houses. I have cleaned houses. When I started my company, I was cleaning thirty houses a week to start my business. Or yeah, Kathy and I would clean sometimes 30 houses a week to, to start my company. That's what we did. So I'm not in any way demeaning that type of work. But what I am saying is oftentimes, especially in certain areas, they... It's harder to find someone for the job. It's harder to find people to take those jobs. Yes, And I they're agree not real careful about the people that they do choose to take those jobs. And then so that's wonder, like that's the second part that that is the and then I wonder that is not okay. Was that is not a, no, it's not. And then I wonder, was the individual being picked on by the students? Was he being bullied by the students? That does not make this okay. Right. That does not. Right, right. But I, in my mind, I wonder why. What made him go to these extremes? Because the things he was doing were absolutely horrid. They were horrid. Just absolute. Yeah, horrid, horrid, horrid. I'm from Pennsylvania. No, 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 I'm just, I'm re, I'm agreeing with you and re-saying the word in my own pronunciation, but yeah. I, I'm not saying. in this state. <laughs> oh my gosh. an R and wash here. <laughs> I thought you were correcting my grammar. No, I'm not correcting your pronunciation. I, not at all. It's, I was just re, re-saying it again because I agree. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, yeah, I think the, the issue I agree with you. I think it's hard, uh, particularly after COVID, I think it's been hard to get people back to work. And that we've seen throughout the whole entire food industry, whether it's grocery, restaurants, all the way down the supply chain. It's hard to get people back into work. And schools are definitely seeing it. Hospitals are seeing it. My wife works at a hospital. So we're definitely seeing it. But the issue is that even though it's hard to get people back to work, particularly in schools where we have people who are servicing vulnerable people. These kids are vulnerable people. Hospitals should be the same way. They should be worried about what, who they're hiring. Food workers should be worried about who they're hiring because you have the opportunity to have one person victimize hundreds, if not thousands of people through evil actions because they are named the issue, because they are a felon, because they have mental illness, because they have, and I'm not saying mental illness, you have a low IQ. I'm saying mental illness, like you literally could do what we're talking about. You want to hurt people. You Your intent hurt. is to hurt people. For whatever reason that may be, you have some kind of mental illness that makes you want to be malicious. Right. 
Yeah, and you're predisposed to this. There has to be some sort of screening that 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 gets. Uh, yeah, because what this guy did was like, there just there's no excuse. What I think they should do to this man, like we can't even talk about. We can't talk about. <laughs> uh, you and I would both agree, and yeah, I do believe there's such thing as good and evil. I believe that. Very few things are actually evil. I think there's a lot of really good people that end up doing bad things because of drugs, because of circumstances, because of a lot of things that I wouldn't consider evil. This is premeditated evil to victimize hundreds of thousands of people. This is very disgusting. So I think this is more than making a poor decision. This is way more than making a poor decision. Good people. Yeah make poor decisions. Yes. Good people make poor and decisions. And sometimes do bad things. And sometimes do bad things. This is not evil. what I, I don't think this is an, an example of that. This is way beyond that. If I knew this man, I don't even know that I'd want to admit to knowing this man. I'm not quite sure if we'll ever know what happens to this guy if he, because he'll probably end up playing insanity. He'll have an attorney. He's obviously probably lawyered up. There's an update. The update says that he is now facing child porn charges. Wow. All right. Well, tack another check mark next to evil. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. I think he'll probably get a public def. Bender. Yeah, probably. I think he's well now. Once you've tacked on the child porn thing, he's he's in jail for a long time. They'll probably deal with him in jail. Yeah, I was going to say that, but opted not to. Oh. Okay. Well, yeah. on that note, I think we should end with don't eat poop and a lot of other things. <laughs> don't, eat <laughs> don't eat poop. Don't eat poop. Don't eat poop.